Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to be talking about that question that we hear all the time. What do, what do you do when one parent is permissive and another parent is authoritarian? How do you come together? How do you help one person not be so aggressive? And how do you help another person not be such a pushover? How do you do that? <laughs> and so we're totally talking about that today. But before we do, as is tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we're going to be talking about a fun family activity. So Paige, what type of a fun family activity should we discuss today? Well, today I was thinking it would be fun to talk about some crafty things that we can do. So I know something that uh, our extended family would do, and even just us, you know, on our own, sometimes we would make our own Mm t-shirts. And so, you know, we'd go buy or find some white t-shirts or just plain colored t-shirts and then we'd get some fabric markers and we'd you know draw all over them making sure that we had some cardboard or some newspaper or something in between you know the layers of the shirt so it wouldn't bleed through but that was so fun you know because then we could put whatever we wanted on that shirt something that would represent us or represent our family um, I know there are even times where your older brother would use his uh, vinyl machine and he would put print on shirts, um, with his, with his machine. So, you know, it looked a little more professional, but well, yeah, I mean, you could do that. So we've had cousin shirts. That's been a big thing in our family Mm -hmm. is cousin shirts. And years and years ago, we made our first cousin shirts and then we made some homemade cousin shirts. And then we had some, uh, uncle Travis cousin shirts and then some <laughs> other professional cousin shirts. And I thought it was so funny that at our Christmas party with all of the extended family where everyone was wearing their cousin shirts and they even made one for your cute little Clara. So I your know. cousin number three and she's 3.1, which is right. so cute. And my husband is three and a half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> three and a half, no points on the husbands. They have no. to have a fraction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, and they're, everyone's wearing their cousin shirt and Quinn shows up and goes, oh no I forgot my cousin shirt and so he takes tape and he tapes all the words the cousin tape. And the, yeah yeah and, and his number and everything all over his shirt so that he can still have a cousin shirt <laughs> because he does not want to be the only one there not with you know, cousin the shirt. oldest cousin number one right, cousin <laughs> one come on anyway so these shirts have just been so fun And even though you guys are adults and you're having your own families, I mean, not everyone's adults. You guys are the oldest ones, obviously. We're all growing up. It's still just like this fun thing. Uh, You know, oh, I've got this hoodie that says my cousin number on it. And I know I'm part of that family. You know, it's just like this little identity thing that's really, really fun. But yeah, you can make your own, which is so fun. And you can use like non-toxic color fast markers or fabric markers or puff paints. We have done puff paints on shirts and that's kind of fun too and you can put your own personality you could put stuff that's your family personality they could put their names they could put numbers there's all kinds of things they can do fun idea I love it Mm -hmm. I love it so here at the teaching self-government podcast we look at every topic through the lens of self-government so we're going to be looking through this topic of 
differences in parenting styles through the lens of self-government. So what is self-government, Paige? Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. This is huge. So as we're talking today about what to do when one parent's permissive and another parent is authoritarian, and we're looking through this lens of self-government, we're talking about the parents self-governing themselves so that they can teach their children self-government. So that means that they have to be willing to say, what type of a parent ought I be, ought I to be, let's, let's make a proper sentence. Anyway, and then, <laughs> and then they're saying, okay, so what's my plan for how to be that type of parent? And ooh, am I too pa- passive or permissive? Do I let things just go all the time? Or am I too micromanaging, mm. authoritarian? Am I too intense emotionally for my family? How do I make a change for that? That is the process of self-government is making the change, analyzing yourself, not being afraid about what you might find and that, oh, wow, you're not perfect. Wow. Just like everybody else, you know, Shocker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, then, and then saying, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to stay in this state. I'm going to keep moving forward. So one thing that I always told my children and Paige, you'll remember this, but mm-hmm. I, I said, one thing that makes a great marriage is when both people are constantly trying to become better. So if they both become better versions of themselves and they're constantly wanting to improve themselves in some way, then the marriage will grow together. But if one person wants to improve themselves and the other person does not want to know about any improvement they think they have already arrived, your marriage is in for trouble. It's in for trouble. So whenever I look at potential mates that my children are, you know, dating or whatever. And I think to myself, is that person trying to improve? Is that person humble enough to admit that they've got a problem and to fix that? Are they, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a huge thing that determines whether they could have success in that marriage. Cause I know my children are, my children are like not wanting to be like, Oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. They want to just keep improving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everyone I'm sure notices that in these podcasts with you, Paige, how, you're just really real life. Like, Hey, this is what I'm learning still. Right. And, and that's because you're constantly improving. I'm constantly improving. Everybody should be, everybody should be. So let's talk about this problem. You know, Paige, when people have these different temperaments, uh, in their, in their parenting. So, so let's talk about husband and wife and both of them as parents and if their personalities are different or their temperaments are different, different, or maybe they were raised differently, they have different backstories, what, what can that do? Let's just talk about what this can look like for people. Well, I can tell you from personal experience that it can, it can look like two different perspectives on the same issue. So um, the way I was raised and the way Joseph was raised was actually very, very different. I mean, no really surprise there because I mean, I was raised with the TSG system and uh, stuff like that. And he was not, but um, something that we talked about recently was how differently we view things, you know, our perspectives are different. Um, And we talked about how, how to address things, you know, when someone is upset um, and how it was normally addressed in the home growing up. 
And it was, it was really interesting to see how his brain works based off of how he was raised and how his parents handled things and conditioned them to handle things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because this is a big deal. Well, you say, okay, I've got a problem. What have I seen done before? Mm -hmm. That's all you have to go on. Right. Let's see. My wife says she's got all these skills, but like all I know is you, whatever it is. I mean, a person could be like, you dump it out on somebody and make it their fault or you get offended if they ever find out anything wrong with you or <laughs> you pretend there's never any problem you never talk about anything or you over talk and so the person feels like they're constantly being barraged by all your feelings all the time or, or when's annoyed you avoid them yeah exactly oh, you, give them, you give them space you know oh, lots of space we never talk about anything and so then we just wait for the space to go away and then we fix it again and so, I mean there are so many different things that people do in their relationships and this is yeah. just based on what they've experienced what they've seen yeah they don't know any different you know so like in in joseph's case you know growing up if he saw that his mom was ever upset then they're like whoa we gotta give mom some space you know so that's what he that's what he understood um but you know in in our case you know at least for me when i'm upset i want him to come talk to me you know i want him to say hey what's wrong so mm-hmm. that we can talk about it. So I, that I know he's in a place mentally where he is able to talk about things, you know, cause a lot of times it's, it's something that, you know, either he didn't do or something that he didn't notice that, you know, maybe I noticed and, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when that relationship as a couple is there and it's not quite figured out, it can be really hard to be on the same page when it comes to your parenting. And mm-hmm. we're just, you know, starting to get into that world as we have our little three and a half month old daughter, Clara. You know, she, she doesn't just, require much parenting no, yet. Not yet, <laughs> but we have to start thinking about it. You know, how, mm-hmm. how is this going to work out? What are, how are we going to be united in order to, you know, when it comes to parenting and how are we going to address all these different topics? And so, mm-hmm. and something that we discussed was, you know, he, his, his, his brain is very compartmentalized. You know, he'll, he'll take one thing from one box and another thing from another box and he'll put, he'll, you know, bring them out in front of him and go, Oh, those things work together, you know, but there's no actual line, you know, connected to those things per se. Mm-hmm. Whereas in my brain, everything is connected to everything. And there's actually, <laughs> there's actually a really fun video that kind of talks about this. Um, it's, it's a comedic skit, but it actually makes a lot of sense. true though. Like, I mean, it really does resonate with so many people. Yeah. It's called the tale of two brains, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, but it's, it really got me thinking because he's like, yeah, you know, I just, everything is compartmentalized and it all pertains to how I address things and how I see things. And I said, whoa, yeah, that's, that's very different from me. You know, mine is like a big bubble where I'm concerned about everyone and everything and how everything connects to everything else. And I'm thinking ahead and analyzing everything for myself and other people. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and so when it's hard when people think different ways um, and have different ways of going about things to apply that to parenting. Let's get you know, on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have huge. a very different approach to things. Yeah. Well, so, and you're, and what you're even talking about here is male brain, female brain. And that's very Mm -hmm. loosely said, because I know the other day, you know, we were talking about the nothing box that supposedly can be in the male brain. And, and my son Porter's like, Oh yeah, that box is real. I love that box. Like that is such a good box. And, you know, and like, 
Spencer, like, you know, dad, my husband, he's like, oh yeah, that's a real box. But then like Mitch, London's boyfriend, he's like, I do not have that box. And I'm like, he's, he's very analytical. Yeah. Very interesting. He's like, I cannot stop thinking about something and following a line of logic. I can't. And I'm like, aha, <laughs> very interesting. So it doesn't fit everyone, the, the stuff in that video, but it's interesting. And you're talking about male brain, female. But generically. Yeah. And so actually when we're talking about who's the who's the permissive and who's the authoritarian, sometimes it could go back to even just male and female. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the female is not always passive and the male is not always authoritarian. Sometimes it's the female that's micromanaging everyone and is aggressive. And it's the male that's passive because he's just, the only thing he can think of is how do I keep her happy? How do I keep her (laughs) And the kids happy. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, okay, I just got to stay in that zone or that's it. You know, and she's like, how come you don't see this and this and this and this, you know? And that's that's kind of what I'm realizing because I have a tendency to be like, why didn't you see this? You know, how can you not see that this applies to this? And he's like, I don't. I'm like, what? Yeah. It just doesn't come in. Yeah. And, and this just goes back to how he's wired. Okay. I mean, you know, just a person is wired that way. So, but what we do often find is that one person will come out in this dominant way. Okay. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, they're controlling a lot of stuff. And then the other person, it's almost like they let go of tact and they're just like, okay, we got to fix this. Sometimes. Yeah. And this, well, this authoritarian starts to just drop the hammer. So when a person is authoritarian, it can look like a bully type thing. Okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. It can look like micromanaging, which I've mentioned. You can also be permissive and micromanage a little bit. They don't go as well together, but you can, (laughs) but, but if you, but usually the authoritarian is the micromanager and that's the person who usually is seeing all the things that needs to happen. That needs to happen. That mm-hmm. needs to happen. And that's going to be the person that's going to trend toward authoritarian because they see everything and they want to control it all to make the picture perfect. Okay. At least to make things function. Yeah. Well, okay. They're right. There's baby steps. Okay. Yeah. First let's function. <laughs> then we'll get to perfect. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and perfectionism does oftentimes follow authoritarian. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, although again, it can go to permissive because maybe you could have a perfectionism to a certain kind of a coziness, a certain kind of a fluffiness of feeling, and that's your perfectionism. So you could trend that way too, toward permissiveness. Anyway, so what often happens when a person gets really heavy into authoritarian stuff is they get very bully, fear-based. Okay. So they start just getting angry about things like, wait, no. You know, like basically they become the drill sergeant. You are not in line. Here comes your corporal punishment, you know, Mm -hmm. like boom. And that's, and, and that's like, kind of like that end place that the authoritarian parent gets to, but there's these baby steps that end up going toward authoritarian um, where they just aren't open to conversation. They're like, no, I am the drill sergeant. You are the private so-and-so do whatever, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and so it's this very militant type thing. Yeah. That but they it's start putting into place But with that frame of mind, you know, it, it actually becomes very manipulative. You totally, because if you're trying to bully someone into being obedient out of fear, then that is manipulating them to become emotionally afraid and um, emotionally fragile in that way mm-hmm. in order to gain obedience. And yeah. um, that bully face, Uh, bully fear-based parenting that you talked about is one of the three different parenting styles that we actually do teach people about and go into much greater depth um, in our courses and in um, a lot of other classes that we have. Yeah. 
And it is a big problem. It's a huge problem. It's, it's not a problem that you were raised authoritarian and that you turned out that way. The problem is you don't recognize that there's other options. That's the problem. Or that it's and, a problem in general, yeah. And that your marriage or the person you're parenting with is not going to be doing the same thing and you don't get it. Right. You're like, how come you're letting all these things go? So usually the authoritarian parent looks at the permissive parent and says, they are a push over. They are such a softy. And because they are such a softy and they're so worried about feelings, then I've got to make everything else happen. Or they don't want to worry about feelings at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And that, cause that could be another manipulation. Cause that means they have to put in effort. Yeah. That a permissive parent could do. So your permissive parent could get caught up in feelings and emotions quite a bit. And they just get steered by everybody's feeling and just start coddling everything all the time. Mm-hmm. They also could be very unattached, not caring. So that's yeah. another thing where it's like, I, I don't care. Do whatever you want. Like you do you, you know, and I'll do mm-hmm. me, just leave me alone. Like I'm going to go get my nails done, you know, or whatever. And, but like you said, that's another type of manipulation. Now we usually call that parent, the modern progressive parent. Mm-hmm. So there is a trend with modern parents where they are really hyper concerned with themselves. The one upside to that is that a lot of parents are going, I think I got to fix my problem too. I'm trying to fix yeah. my child's problem, but I got to fix my problem. So that's the one good side. That's the upside. But then the, the, the downside with them being totally infatuated with themselves. Self-absorbed. Yeah. yeah. Self-absorbed. Absolutely. Good term terminology there is that they end up seeing their own emotional need as top need and they, yeah. they don't look at anybody else. And so then they're like, I can't do that. And they start giving up. And they just start hoping for the best. Like, well, I turned out, they'll turn out. It's the same, right? Like all kids, it happens. It's not all the same in every generation. And and there are oftentimes new things coming at the children. And so that's a really naive perspective to take. And it's quite frankly, lazy. And Mm -hmm. so what happens is there's a lot of laziness there. And usually at the root of it, there's some emotional stuff. Okay. There's emotional stuff. So there's emotional stuff manipulating on the bully fear base because there's like stress, anxiety, tension, controlling. And then there's emotional stuff on the permissive because there's the, you know, passiveness, giving up, caring laziness. about what you feel, your laziness. Yeah, just not really being committed to it, whatever. And that's a, its own type of manipulation. So you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. And that's on two opposite sides of, the, of this spectrum. Mm -hmm. And actually, quite frankly, Paige, we have to be clear about something. There are very few people who stay in one of those camps all the time. It's true. They tend to flip flop quite a bit. Mm -hmm. They'll go back and forth and back and forth. And they assume that the solution to the problem is actually somewhere in the middle. And it's not. It's off the spectrum completely. It's not on that manipulation spectrum. Because anywhere in between bully fear-based and modern progressive, or ours, we're using the words authoritarian and permissive, Anywhere in between there is actually just still a new manipulation. Well, I'm going to be their friend today. Mm-hmm. That's your, your modern progressive approach, right? I'm going to be their friends. And then, whoa, that is over the line. Boom, drop the hammer. Oh, now I've switched to, you know, my bully fear-based techniques. And I'm going to come back to friend because I feel bad that I got a little over the top. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it goes back and forth and back and forth. But so if you want to be non-manipulative to your children, which I am assuming if people are listening to this podcast, that's one of their hopes and dreams is to (laughs) not be manipulative and to not try to control their children through fear or bribing or overly excitement, you know, over excitement, the wrong kinds of bonds, all of your personal energy. 
Yeah. You want to actually feel fueled when you parent, not worn out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that means you have to have another style of parenting. This is the style of parenting that works. This is the style of parenting that empowers and fuels, even though it offers what you need to have that strict follow through that really Mm -hmm. consistent approach that you're looking for this principle truth-based type of a parenting and we call it traditional strict parenting yeah and it's it's a really good place where if you have parents who are on both sides of that manipulation spectrum where they can kind of meet in the middle where they're both changing and both adapting to be on the same middle it's a higher well well they're relationship wise they're meeting in the middle Actually, yeah, you can look at it that way, but I think it's even more healthy. I'm just going to throw this out there rather than saying, let's meet in the middle and be half each. Cause I think that's confusing. People don't know how to be half, they mm. just, you know, that's just, so it's better in rather than saying it that way. I think it's more clear if we just say, how about we just focus on principle and a structure that's going to follow through with our principles and the truths that we want the children to have. So we have to go for a totally different zone. And if there's yeah. a, if there's a permissive parent, they're not structured and principled. If there's a, an authoritarian parent, they're not principled and structured. They may have some in the background that they're hoping for, but they're not living them in the moment of parenting. Mm-hmm. So we've got to give them the skills that they need so that they can both transition to a new type of parenting. That's the real meat in the middle. There so is that, that you, more tr- is that you both say, I'm giving up my old ways. I'm not going to expect somebody else to come to my side on something. No, we're going to go to just truth and principle. Go to a whole new place together. Yeah. Because the opposite of manipulation, which is lies and emotional lies and controlling the opposite is truth and principle. And if you can give your children that, then your children can learn self-government and ah, so can you, which is so exciting. Uh, Amazing. But yeah, yeah exactly. so with the traditional strict parenting, um, that is how I grew up. That is how you parented. And um, it actually, it took dad, you know, a little bit of time to get on the traditional strict parenting boat. And totally. um, and it, it actually, it showed, you know, we, we went to you for everything because we knew it would be handled calmly. And we didn't really go to dad for stuff because um, if we scary. knew... Yeah. You know, we, we knew that he could possibly blow up in our face or get really, really angry and we didn't want to deal with that. And so he finally realized that, you know, that's kind of what was happening. And he's like, okay, you know, I gotta, I gotta govern myself. I gotta get myself in check and that's going to happen through this type of parenting. And so that's, that's something that uh, I now get to help people with through mentoring, you know, cause, um, in some of the different courses that we have, our parenting, our TSG parenting course, it has, it comes with four group mentor sessions where I get to personally coach you and answer questions. And I help people all the time, you know, with their questions of, okay, you know, how do I get myself calm in times where I'm really, I really don't want to, or I'm really feeling out of control. Um, and I'm able to give them some great tips on how to do that. But Um, It's so nice when both parents are on board with that and when they finally can work together because then everything is so much more consistent, emotionally consistent for your children. And that is what is really, really important. Well, and Paige, I love your story about dad and just that true, like, hey, we went to mom because what dad didn't know that he was missing until later was bonding Mm -hmm. because no one would come to him with a problem. He didn't get to help anyone solve their problems. He didn't get to be the dad really in all the ways 
And so he was missing out on that bonding. And he started to recognize that he started to see, oh, they're always coming to her. They seem to bond more with her. And so that was a big thing. And that was probably the thing that made him go, I've got to, I got to hand, get a handle on me here. (laughs) You know, I got to do something. And luckily he already knew what we were going to be doing. He, he understood the principles and the skills and stuff. He had just started not using them, not wanting to use them. And that made a big difference. So one thing that we do, and this is by far the best way to get on the same page as a couple is to come to something that we call a parenting mastery training. So parenting mastery trainings, they are three day intensive trainings where we take husband and wife, we get them on the same page. We teach them all of the skills and principles. We help you troubleshoot how to solve the problems you're facing at your house. We help you prepare to implement self-government at your, self-government at your home when you get there and to follow through with your new you so that you don't have to fall into those old permissive or authoritarian habits. So now here's a cool thing, Paige. This podcast is literally coming out days before our next parenting mastery and there are a few spots left yeah you were telling me like oh there's there's a few spots left you know I don't know if people are going to sign up but those spots are available so if you and your spouse have been wanting a way to get on the same page this is great because you get hands-on one-on-one um a lot of times you know with with Nicolene and with mentors like me and um, it's a beautiful way to jumpstart things and get going on the fast track. Mm-hmm, totally. So this is what happened. Is that what happens? I do some teaching and then we practice teaching, mm-hmm. practice, teaching, practice. And so we break into fun. small groups when we do our practicing. It's a lot of fun. And there's people that I've trained as mentors. They're helping in those practice groups and I'm there too. So yeah, you get a lot of personalized attention. We help you learn all the skills and things you need. So that is the best thing you can do. Now, if you're listening to this and there's not a parenting mastery coming up, start on the course, the TSU parenting course, like Paige said, it's got some coaching calls in it. Plus it has the 10 modules that you go through, teaches you everything. That is going to be some of the best things that you can do. Now, this isn't supposed to be a commercial page we didn't want this to be the first but we do want you to know like the time frame right now the thing (laughs) is though is that that is what those things are all about is trying to help you put off the old you with maybe the permissive or maybe the authoritarian type parenting and go more assertive with your parenting more deliberate and intentional and more principled which usually is what people keep wondering how do i do it there's these principles i know are true but for some reason in the moment i'm just causing how do i apply them Yeah, exactly. And so, and we can help with that. So what you need is you need skills and formats for problem solving and for your communications so that people don't feel like they have to take everything so personally. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that they don't emotionally manipulate each other in their marriage and in their parenting relationship, you absolutely have to have open communication. So that's going to be one of the first thing you do. I mean, you know, you're going to have to say, you know what, I'm permissive and you're authoritarian. And as much as those are kind of yin and yang, and you think that come out good in the end, I think our children are getting confused. They're playing games with me and then they're playing games with you. They talk to me about more than they'll talk to you about because they're afraid of you. And so they're not coming to you to get that, you know, fatherly advice or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we can do better um, if we can get on the same page, if we can start talking openly about what we each do and make plans for a change. So see if we can even just talk openly about it. That's going to be the first thing that you want to do. 
Yeah. And then to learn what the different types of parenting are, that's going to be huge. And that is like class number one, when we do a parenting mastery training, those different types of parenting and it's class number one in the TSU parenting course as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you, if you do have a hard time, you know, opening up that communication, something that I have found is very helpful for me and for my husband is when I want to talk about something that's, you know, maybe a little more on the sensitive side, I pre-teach him and I say, Hey, you know, before, before we talk about the things that I want to talk about, I want you to take a minute and just prepare your mind and prepare your emotions because there are things that we need to talk about that, you know, you might not want to hear. And so, but I don't want this to, you know, explode. I want to have this, you know, in a calm, effective way. And so let's take a minute and we'll both kind of just prepare mentally, prepare not to take things personally and not to judge the other person, but to talk about what needs to be talked about. That's so good. That's preparing the space. And it's Mm -hmm. super important. You're preparing the brain. And so we call that pre-teaching. When we do that with children, we call it pre-teaching. Well, there's no reason we can't pre-teach other adults in our lives, right? Or ourselves. Yeah. So when we need to address a problem, because even if you come to parenting master training, you might fall back on an old habit. Mm -hmm. You need to say, hey, how are we going to handle the problems when we find them? And then when it's time to handle one, just like you're saying, say, there's something we've got to talk about, but we have to decide ahead of time that we're not going to take it you know, in a way that is negative and this personal and is not going to help solve the problem. So, you know, and, and sometimes even talking about how you're going to solve a problem when it's not the problem is really beneficial. And mm-hmm. even, even when it is the problem, preparing that space page, that is a super good tip to share with people. Yeah. I love that. So see if people are, see if your spouse is open to communication. Now I know some people Maybe they're in a divorce situation and the other spouse is not, they're not going to care. They're mm-hmm. letting the child do whatever they want. They're like, ah, oh, this child is, they can have all the digital devices, watch anything they want, porn, whatever, oh, it doesn't matter. And the other parent's going, oh. Whoa. <laughs> you know, and that, then you have a situation that's very difficult and you have to do more teaching to your children. If you're in one of those situations, um, you have to actually get the children principally on the same page as you and help yeah. them understand why and do a ton of teaching there, more teaching than you might normally do at their, their age so that they can decide what to do when they're at dad or mom's house, who is letting them do whatever they want. Yeah. You know? And so, and that's so important. That's why we, you know, teach the skills that we do and teach the different structure elements that we do, because when you can have the same structure and a you know predictable way that things are going to be talked about, then there's no need to be anxious and there's no need to be, you know, afraid of what's going to happen. And, yeah. you know, I saw that with a conversation that I had with my husband um, a little while ago. And, you know, I, I'm like, okay, let's be calm. And, um, you know, here's some things that I want to talk about. And, you know, we, our structure, when we talk together about certain things is to go through each item, talk about it. And then when we've flushed out every, all the feelings and all the disagreements or whatever on each topic, then we say, okay, cool, let's move to the next one. And that's how we go through all of our things. And that's our structure. And it's, it's very helpful for us. And it's very helpful for him, you know, how his brain works to keep things straight and to, yeah, he, he likes to have a notebook handy to write down things that he needs to do. So, <laughs> but it's super important to have those, those skills to have calm, effective communication um, and uh, to have that structure so that you don't end up yelling at each other and you don't try to manipulate each other's feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super good tips there, Paige. I really appreciate that. And just 
Um, making sure that you are keeping in mind that the differences that that other person has, right? And you're overcoming those moments deliberately. So here's the thing is that you are being deliberate. Now, when a person is permissive, they just let people kind of just walk all over them and then they become the victim. When a person is authoritarian, they just try to control everything else. And then they assume everything's fine because it feels fine to them because they're in control, right? And so you have one person who is an oppressor lots of times and another person who is a victim. And so long as the victim wants to stay victim, the oppressor is happy, but the victim is never happy. And so then we have an issue. So what has to happen is you've got to get deliberate about it. So when you're permissive, you don't talk about enough usually. And when you are authoritarian, you also don't talk about things enough. So when you go to traditional strict, which is an assertive type of parenting or communication in that couple relationship and into the relationship with your children, you're going to find yourself talking about more, not less. In fact, I tell people that all the time. We teach these skills like how to follow instructions, how to accept no answers, how to accept consequences, how to disagree appropriately, how to get yourself calm when you're not these, you know, kind of basic skills for success. And when we teach these skills, I think a lot of people think, oh, great, I'll teach them the skill. And then if they don't do it, I'll be like, boom, here's my correction to that. And that's it. And I don't have to talk about anything else, less words. When in reality, it should lead to more open communication and actually more words many times. Sometimes it's less. Sometimes it's like you can handle a problem really quickly, but that's only because you've also had a time where you've put in the more talk time about it and Mm -hmm. you've had more words so that there's more understanding. So in your couple relationship, make sure that you say, we got to have the more words. Now there's usually going to be one person that's totally loving the more words like you Paige, and another person that's like, do we have to have words? Cause that, right. just, that adds stuff to my list. Do we list. have to have that extra effort? Yeah. That adds stuff to my list. It's going to take time, whatever it is. And so there might be somebody not ready for words, but in the end, the one thing you can pretty much rest assured about is if you are calm and loving, and you look at the person when you're talking about a difference and you truly think, I love you. This is okay. I'm not offended. We just got to talk about this so that we're on the same page. We bring things into the light. Mm -hmm. We always bring things into the light. So if you're doing that, then every person actually, unless they've decided to get themselves in a bad mood, everybody should actually feel relieved afterward. Just remember that your talk does not have to go really long for it to be meaningful. It doesn't have to be a total emotion dump. It doesn't have to be a lecture forever or tell every little thing under the sun. (laughs) Pick your words carefully and say, you know, this happened a little while ago. And it made me feel like this. And then when, when you handled it, you did it like this. And I, I feel like we have to have a better way of doing that. And you could just stick it to that much, you know, that much words to handle a problem. You know, or how are you thinking at that time? Because maybe I'm not understanding. So ask more questions and have less lectures, even with each other. Okay. As husband and wife, parent to parent. Okay. Super important. Paige, I think people can do it. I think they can start. We have tons of resources for them. We've given some great tips today. So if you've got permissiveness and authoritarian in your family, start here. Start with learning self-government. It's going to make a huge difference. Thank you so much for joining us on Teaching Self-Government Podcast. If you want to find out more about our trainings, courses, any of the resources that we have, or find more of these podcasts, go to teachingselfgovernment.com.
You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.